Hi, I'm Perry, and you're listening to The Beauty Brains. Hello, and welcome to The Beauty Brains, a show where real scientists answer your beauty questions and give you an insider's look at the beauty product industry. This is episode 178. I'm your host, cosmetic chemist Perry Romanowski. And it's another solo episode, but don't worry, we'll have our regular Brains hosts back very soon. It's a lot of traveling this season uh, with trade shows and production problems and that sort of thing. But I'm here, and on today's show, we're going to be answering your beauty questions about the differences between salon and store-bought deep conditioners, whether curology is better than going to a dermatologist, and... What are the pros and cons of using bar soap forms of shampoos and hair conditioners? Plus, I'll cover a few stories uh, about the beauty industry that uh, I found interesting. But before getting into that, I want to thank all of our new patrons. Thank you to our patrons Melisande, Lauren, Kimberly, Emily, Kimberly C., Magdalena, Maury, Ellie, Mario, Ayu, Heidi H, Jill T, and Maya, thank you so much for helping support the Beauty Brains. If you'd like to join our growing list of patrons and keep the Beauty Brains ad-free, uh, feel free to head on over to patreon.com slash thebeautybrains. Uh, being a patron also has the benefit of getting your questions answered first. It's time for a little beauty industry and science news. You know, it's a truism in the media industry. If it bleeds, it leads. Fear-based news stories really are preferred for news organizations, and stories about cosmetic products are also included in that. Fear-based news stories prey on our own anxieties, and in this online world, they also lead to more clicks, social media shares, and advertising money. And they all follow the same formula. First, you grab the attention with some scary headline. And then, at the end, you offer some solution that's going to reduce that fear. And here's a classic story from Elle, which follows the formula perfectly. In this story, it claims that there's hidden hormone disruptors in beauty products that might be behind your bad skin and health. And then they have the added ominous tagline, Do you really know what you're putting on your skin? Then the article is filled with more fear-inducing quotes and questions like, Do you know the real effects of what you're putting on your body? Our favorite everyday beauty products might be secretly packed with ingredients that are wreaking havoc with our hormones. Changes to your hormones can cause irregular periods, birth defects, illnesses, and... Or they have this gem, we're exposed to over 80,000 toxins circulating in our environment every day. I'm surprised it's only 80,000. And finally, shampoo, skincare, makeup, hair dye, tooth fillings are all, to an extent, endocrine disruptors. And then in true fear-mongering fashion, they offer you a solution to avoid the evil endocrine disruptors. Advice like, one, avoid parabens in beauty products. 
Of course, science shows that parabens in beauty products are perfectly safe. The amount that's required to be an endocrine disruptor is way beyond what you'd ever be exposed to in beauty products. Their next advice is ditch plastic packaging. I mean, good luck with that. <laughs> also, giving people advice to use glass uh, containers in the shower is just a terrible idea, I think. Then there's the advice that you should avoid synthetic fragrances. Of course, almost no beauty product company uses phthalates in their fragrances anymore, but, you know, the article just kind of ignores that. And finally, they end the article with a listing of where you can shop for toxic-free beauty products. Surprisingly, they also mention that they earn a commission for products purchased through the links in the article. But they want you to ignore that, too. These type of fear-mongering and sales articles are just all over the internet. And they're not based on any science, and they're really just hidden advertisements parading as some kind of news story. Rather than talking to a toxicologist who would be an expert in product or ingredient safety, they usually talk to a biased brand owner who, surprise, surprise, benefits from keeping you scared of mainstream products. Why are no toxicologists contacted when writing articles like these? Well, it's probably because the stories would not be nearly as scary or as effective in getting you to click on their toxic-free beauty products. All right, speaking of fear marketing, it seems Michelle Pfeiffer is launching her own clean fragrance line in which she's following the lead of companies like P&G, L'Oreal, and Unilever by making the full ingredient list available online for anyone who wants to see it. I'll provide a link to the, the new uh, line in the show notes. Pfeiffer said to Forbes magazine it was when she had children that her interest in clean beauty was sparked. She says... I began to look for products that were not only healthier, but had the same quality that I was used to. I then fell down a rabbit hole looking at different products' ingredients and quickly realized that anything with fragrance was flagged as toxic. Uh, she then went on to say that working with the Environmental Working Group and the Cradle to Cradle Products Innovation Institute, her company came up with fragrances that they believe are not toxic and even hypoallergenic. Of course, this is a strange claim since their own ingredient lists say uh, their Tom Eau de Parfum contains known allergens like eugenol, farnesol, limonene, and linalool. I don't know how they're claiming hypoallergenic, but I guess if you're not allergic to it, then it's hypoallergenic to you. This is the problem with the uh, claim of hypoallergenic. There really are no standards for it. Well, I think this new wave of transparency is good. For chemists, it's, it's interesting to get more information about other people's products. I'm just not sure how helpful it is for consumers to now know that tetrahydromethylmethylpropanol prion for all is in your fragrance. Happy Magazine is reporting that Clairol has launched a new natural instincts line of demi-permanent hair colors. The company says that it's the most gentle at-home hair color product yet, and it's made from 80% naturally derived ingredients. The other 20%, I guess, are super naturally derived. 
The new formula is for all hair types and textures and features the breakthrough allergy gentle molecule ME+. Says the company, ME+, was specifically developed to reduce the risk of new color allergies. It replaces existing problematic hair color molecules, PPD, which is phenylenediamine, and PTD, toluenediamine. And according to the company, ME Plus is based on traditional dye molecules, but has been modified to not cause allergies. So let me get this straight. Synthetically modifying a synthetical chemical doesn't exactly sound natural to me. Well, I'm probably not the target market, though. We'll see if this new molecule works as well as the things it's replacing. And finally, if you want to know what vegan skincare really means, uh, there's an article in which I was quoted in Shape magazine. To sum up the article, basically, while there can be animal-derived ingredients in cosmetic products, mostly there aren't. Companies got away from using animal-derived ingredients back in the late 1990s uh, as a reaction to the mad cow scare in the UK. Certainly, you will still see animal ingredients like lanolin or beeswax or gelatin. But for the most part, the vast majority of cosmetic products that you buy do not contain animal-derived ingredients. They're already vegan. These ingredients are derived either from plants or petroleum. Of course, you might say that petroleum was really just dead dinosaurs, so it's still animal-based, but that is not right. It's actually a myth that dinosaurs turned into petroleum. There weren't nearly enough dinos to do that. Petroleum actually comes from the decay of ancient phytoplankton that lived in the oceans. That's right, petroleum is plants, which makes them vegan. I wonder if that will catch on with consumers that are seeking vegan cosmetics. All right, on to some beauty questions and answers. A couple episodes ago, you guys mentioned that deep conditioners in stores aren't actually any different from any regular conditioners, besides the quantity. My question today is, are the deep conditioning treatments salons offer any different from your regular conditioner? A popular one in the recent years is the keratin deep conditioning treatment, and I also heard of a quinoa hair treatment. People pay hundreds of dollars for them. I know you're paying for services and that fresh feeling you get when coming out of the salon, but I'm curious if there is any difference in formulation between salon's conditioning treatment and your regular conditioner. Thanks, Lily. This is a great question, and I'm going to cut right to the chase. Yes, uh, deep conditioning treatments in salons are different from regular conditioners. But by that, I mean they're different in terms of how they're applied, uh, how they're rinsed out, and, and really just the whole process. They may even be different in terms of how they're formulated, since the aesthetics of putting the product on your hair and rinsing it out and the fragrance and of these things are not nearly as important for a salon treatment than for something you use at home. You can make something thicker, a little more difficult to put on, or you don't have to worry about whether the, the fragrance is really appealing to consumers if you're just making a product for uh, stylist and for professional use. Uh, so this, the aesthetics are different. But in terms of whether you're getting some great benefit from these pricey treatments versus something that you could just do at home, yeah, I've seen no good evidence that says it's worth it. First, consider that there are no special ingredients that go in salon conditioning treatments 
that couldn't also be put in your standard at-home product. I looked at uh, the Clairol Professional Color Vibrancy Repair Packet, and you know what? They have standard conditioning ingredients like amodimethicone, sterometal propyl dimethylamine, panthenol, you know, the, the same kind of stuff that you get in, you know, store brand conditioners. And there's no special raw materials that people who make salon products are getting that people who don't make salon products are getting. In fact, often it's the same companies making those same products. And so there's nothing special about the ingredients. And despite what you might read on the internet, there's nothing about a quinoa hair treatment that is particularly impressive. Certainly not worth hundreds of dollars. Carrots in deep conditioning, you know, you look at these things, those products also contain silicones and cationic conditioners and all the other things that you find in standard conditioners. There really is no special technology that a salon puts on your hair when doing these special conditioning treatments. It's more about the experience and how, how you feel about it. Now, I'm sure the whole experience can leave you with great feeling hair, but, you know, I've tested enough of these intensive conditioning treatments to know that your hair is not going to be left in a condition that's significantly better than the condition you can get just by using a standard conditioner at home. It's just we don't have technology that makes hair that much better that a salon can do uh, that you can't do at home. All right, our next question comes from Misty. Hi, Beauty Brains. My name is Misty. I'm from Texas. I was just hoping you might talk a little bit about your thoughts on Curology. Um, I know that this is more of a prescription medication type of product, but I also just was curious as cosmetic chemist how you guys felt about these types of custom formulations or if they even have cosmetic chemists on staff. I also was wondering about if this is really a good affordable option as compared to going to a dermatologist and getting prescriptions written for these type of either acne or anti-aging products that are typically not covered by insurance. Perry, I know you're not a huge fan of subscription services like this, but so I was really curious what you thought about it. Thanks. You know, I hadn't heard of Curology, so I went over to their website to check them out. Indeed, they are all about customization and making customized formulas or at least their custom-ish formulas. They try to make things simple for you, right? You answer a few questions, you snap a picture of your skin, you send it to their website, and then they send you, you know, your custom super bottle, which is supposed to be perfect skincare for you. The way they describe it on their website makes it sound like magic. <laughs> but I'm skeptical of these types of things, as you might have imagined especially the part where you're subscribing to a service that is a big red flag for me. The main reason that people market products as subscription is that it's a guaranteed sale. They know that a large segment of their customer base will be too lazy or forgetful to cancel their subscription once it starts, even if they don't like it or they don't get good results. Marketing companies love to get people to subscribe to products. And while subscriptions for things like Netflix or car insurance make sense, subscriptions to beauty products, especially things like for treating acne, they just doesn't make sense to me. So there's that. But there's also a couple of other issues that I have. Before I even talk about the products, they also don't offer refunds. I mean, any, any company that doesn't offer a refund 
that's a red flag for me too. But more troubling is the cancellation policy, where they say that, quote, if you do not receive a cancellation confirmation email, your account has not been canceled. This seems a little dodgy to me. Uh, If someone wants to cancel, they shouldn't have to count on the company sending back a confirmation email that you've canceled. It just... That seems that just seems strange to me. And then, even worse, they don't even have a phone number. What kind of business doesn't have a phone number? The kind of business that doesn't want you to call and cancel. So, so this this they're already starting out on a bad foot for me because they make it very difficult for you to cancel once you've signed up. But I digress. Let's look at the products. The products are made in conjunction with a dermatologist, and if you read their story, it was started by a dermatologist and her son or his his mom or or something like that, some family affair. So it's, it's a quaint story. So the products are made in conjunction with a dermatologist, which most likely means that the dermatologist worked with a cosmetic chemist or some contract manufacturer to get the products made. Anyway, I'm sure they're fine products. I looked at their ingredient list of some of their extra products, like their uh, they you can buy this in a, a three product kit. They have a a cleanser, a super bottle treatment, and a conditioner. So looking at the cleanser, um, you know, and I looked at their ingredient list, and I wasn't terribly impressed. Uh, their primary ingredients in their cleansers are cocomidal propyl hydroxysultane and sodium cocal isoethionate. Uh, and, you know, then they have a couple of secondary surfactants, too. And and this will be a perfectly functional cleanser. It's going to be give you light cleansing, leave your face clean. I, I suspect it's going to have a hard time cleaning off a face uh, if you had a lot of makeup on it. It's not like an intensive cleanser. But for an everyday cleanser, I'm sure it will work perfectly fine. And the moisture, that isn't anything special either. It contains the kind of things you'd expect in a moisturizer, like dimethicone, and then a couple of other types of silicones, and then humectants like glycerin and sodium hyaluronate. It's a perfectly fine moisturizer. There's nothing special about it, though. I mean, they avoid petrolatum and mineral oil for marketing reasons, but they just replace that occlusive agents with, you know, dimethicone and silicones. Perfectly fine products. But $60 for a two-month supply (laughs) seems a little steep to me. But then there is the super bottle, which is the whole crux of their business, I guess. According to what I could find on the formula, it'll contain three active ingredients chosen from a, a set of these ingredients, clindamycin, azealic acid, tretinoin, niacinamide, and zinc pyrithione. These are all the things that are found in anti-acne products, and so there's no breakthrough technology here. This standard products that you could get from a dermatologist. Now, in my view, they have this questionnaire, which to me is just a marketing gimmick. They ask you about skin sensitivity, aging, oil production, and your breakout history. In reality, people are not good at assessing their own skin, so... There's no obvious formulation changes that they can make based on these answers. They could just randomly give you the products, and if it works, great. And if it doesn't work, they can tweak it a little bit and give you some different combination and see if that works. And they can just keep iterating until you get something that works. Odds are pretty good that something out of these combinations is going to work. You know, maybe their technology algorithm can do that in a a better way, but I doubt it. So I'm a little 
skeptical about their super bottle customized formulations. But now on to the final question. Is it a good option over going to a dermatologist? Now, in my opinion, I don't really think so. If you have acne, the first thing that you should try is the over-the-counter stuff that you can just go get from a store. These contain ingredients that have been proven to work against acne for most people. And most people are going to use benzoyl peroxide or salicylic acid, and they're going to have perfectly fine results. But some that doesn't work for a good number of people. So if you've gone to the store and you've tried those options and you still have a problem, then going to a dermatologist is a much more reasonable option than subscribing to some service like this one. Especially if you have severe acne or something that is complicated, you just you really need to look be looked at by a dermatologist. Some people might like the at-home convenience of these services like Curology, but uh, I'm skeptical that it's worth the cost. I, I don't think it is, and the dodgy business setup uh, would make me way uncomfortable. Those, those are my, my thoughts on that. All right, we have our last question from Beth. Hi, my name is Beth. Here's my question. What are the pros and cons to using a bar soap form of shampoo and hair conditioner? Thank you. All right, first let's talk about what are these products and how are they different from standard shampoos and conditioners? Basically, these formulas use many of the same ingredients as standard formulas, but with a lot less water. For a solid shampoo, typically a detergent is used diluted to about 15% of the formula, right? So in these solid shampoos, they just skip that water piece, and then they use a solid version of a detergent like sodium lauryl sulfate. For a conditioner, they substitute a solid like cocoa butter or shea butter for the water, but then they include regular conditioning ingredients like behine trimonium chloride. They also include some detergent surfactants so you can get the other stuff out of your hair easier. These are really tricky formulas to make and they generally don't include the best ingredients uh, you can use in conditioners. Uh, it's, it's just a difficult form to create. That's why there aren't more of those on the, on the market. So let's talk about some of the good things about these formulas. So some of the pros. First, they do reduce water waste uh, in making the product anyway. We haven't thought much about water when creating formulas, but in the future, it could have a significant impact on the environment. So that's a good thing. Number two, they also reduce packaging waste. No plastic bottles means less waste. Another good thing. Number three is they reduce the number of ingredients needed to make products. Now, for solid products, you can use a lower amount of preservative and pH adjusters and, and some of the other aesthetic modification ingredients. There's really nothing necessarily wrong with those ingredients, but reducing your exposure to any kind of chemicals is probably helpful. At the very least, this lessens the chances that you develop some kind of reaction to one of the compounds. So less ingredients in your formulas is probably a, a good way to go. Another pro is that these things will last longer. At least that's what the marketers say. They may be right. Bar soap seems to last a little bit longer than body wash, so these probably will last uh, longer than your typical liquid ingredients. And then another uh, pro is that they may be easier to travel with. I, I don't know. I guess you don't have to worry about the bottle opening up and getting all over your clothes, but... 
if you got it wet in the shower, it's going to be slimy. I, so I don't know. I don't know how much easier it is to travel with, but that's their market is that. So those are five positives about these uh, new bottleless products. Let's talk about some of the cons. Uh, first, as cleaning goes, these are light cleaning products. They're they're not going to get your hair as clean as uh, a liquid product. It's just too hard to distribute the product through your hair, and it's just you're you're not going to be able to get all over your head with these products. It, it's just be harder to do. So expect light cleaning. Uh, number two, they're going to be low foaming, so they won't feel like they're working because it's harder to make the foam. This may not be related to how well they're working, but you probably won't enjoy the experience as much. You'd have to kind of get used to using these products. Another thing about these solid products is that they could be more damaging to your hair. When you're rubbing a solid on your hair directly, that could cause damage that you don't normally get from a liquid product. Now, I suppose you could put it in your hand and uh, get it wet and then rub it in your hands and then put it on your hair, but, you know, that that's going to be more difficult to do too. Uh, another problem is that these things could lead to more tangling. This rubbing action uh, that you make against your hair uh, can get your hair more tangled. So so in my view, these products probably aren't going to be as satisfying to use, especially for people with longer hair. For someone with short hair, they might be perfectly fine to use. Uh, short or fine hair, uh, thicker hair, I don't think they're going to work as well on. But you know, on the plus side, they can probably work as uh, bar soaps too. So it's a, they work double duty there. So that's a, that's a look at the solid hair care product trends. We'll see if these things stick around. I don't know. Uh, bar soaps used to be really big in the 19, but you know, before the 1990s. And then uh, people discovered liquid body wash and now that's all their rage. So maybe maybe things are going backwards. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> All right, that music means that we've come to the end of another show of the Beauty Brains. If you want to ask a question about beauty products, you can just click the link in the show notes. and Or, as you heard some people here, uh, you could record one right on your phone and then email it to thebeautybrains at gmail.com. Of course, we prefer the audio questions because it makes it more interesting for the the sounds of the show but feel free to uh email in questions too i don't i don't mind reading things thanks so much for listening if you get a chance you can go over to itunes and leave us a review that will help other people find the show and ensure that we still have a full docket of beauty questions to answer although you guys are doing really good with uh, questions i uh, we're, we we've got uh, lots of questions to answer so if you want to get yours uh, yours in feel free and and we will get to it eventually you can also follow us on our various social media accounts. On Instagram, we're at TheBeautyBrains2018. On Twitter, we're just at TheBeautyBrains. And we have a Facebook page, the Beauty Brains Facebook page. That's it for me. That's it for this solo show. But we'll be back again with more brains and more answers to your beauty questions. And until next time, be brainy about your beauty. Thanks, everybody. Get in.